Welcome to the word of the Lord today. Those of you who are in the sanctuary, those at the drive-in church, and our international friends as well who will be watching online. Today I want to speak on the potter and the clay. Title of the message, Potter and Clay. Let's begin with a few verses today. Isaiah 64 and verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are potter, and all we are the work of your hand. Jeremiah 18:6, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Isaiah 64.8 again, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are potter, and all we are the work of your hand. Let's be honest this morning. Clay, that's all we are. Dirt in the field. But the potter values clay. Clay is the material of his choice. And God presents himself to us as our potter. He is the potter and he values the clay of our lives. The Bible says God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And God gave this dust a chance at life. How many know it's true? God gave this dust a chance at life. From ancient times and civilizations, beautiful works of pottery have been created. Vessels of now fame and renown and beauty. And they are preserved in museums to be admired by men and women of earth. But the vessels that I'm talking about this morning are of infinitely greater worth so that you cannot even compare the vessels I just mentioned. I'm talking about the vessels that have been created and prepared by God. God working in the lives of people. God bringing forth beauty and design and order. Now to be admired by the saints and to be admired for all eternity. God working in human clay and bringing forth vessels of honor and glory and purpose. Admired by the saints as Abel, as Enoch, as Methuselah, as Noah, as Abraham and Sarah, as Moses, as Joseph, as Ruth, as Esther, as Nehemiah, as Jeremiah, as David, as Mary Magdalene, as the Apostle Paul, and the list goes on. God is the potter, and he values clay. And he says, I'm going to take the dust of the earth. I'm going to take men and women who are made of the dust of the earth, and I'm going to form them into vessels of glory. I'm going to fill them with my purpose, and they will be renowned throughout the endless ages of eternity. Number one this morning, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. These precious words in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God and his people, a people calling on him and praying, a people listening for his voice, and he listens to them. A people that seek him and find him when they search for him with all their heart. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans of prosperity and hope and future. Our God is a good God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He's the potter, we're the clay. Now in the natural, the clay has no say in the process. The potter chooses the clay, and whatever he chooses and whatever he designs, so it is. But in the spiritual, it is not so, because we are living clay. We are alive. We're living clay, and we must respond to the potter. We must respond to Father God. We must respond to his presence and his ways. The potter chooses the clay, But the clay also has to choose the potter. And the clay can choose or the clay can refuse. Irresistible grace is a misnomer. Jesus said to the people of his generation, as he walked among them in his beauty, in his ministry, offering the salvation and life of God to them, he said, how often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not come. John 1.11 and 12 says, He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, as many as received him, responded to him, to them he gave the power, the privilege, the right to become the sons and daughters of God, the children of God. As many as received him. How many want to receive him this morning? How many want to live for Jesus? How many want to serve God with all your heart? How many are thankful that you have received him, that he's working in your life? What a wonder that God would choose this clay and work in it for such glory and beauty, as is the desire of his heart. God has a plan for your life. God has a future. God has a hope for every person. God has an eternal design for every person. But let's be forewarned this morning, Satan has a plan for people too. The mischief of Satan. Satan would seek to work his mischief into every life so that we miss the purpose and the promise of God. The Bible is clear, John 10, verse 10. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief comes to kill, to steal, to rob, and ultimately to destroy in hell itself. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. I've come to give you Zoe, the very life of God, salvation, eternal life. And I've come to give you life more abundantly. I've come to give you a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. The glory of all lands. The blessing of God upon his people. God says, I want to work my blessing into you, and I'll work it into you eternally. There will be an eternal design. 
God has a plan for your life. To the woman at the well, Samaritan woman carrying her empty earthen vessel. He said, if you drink of the water of this well, you'll thirst again. But if you'll receive the gift of God, you will have a water inside of you. You will never thirst again. And the well, Jesus said, that I will put inside of you will spring up into everlasting life. You will never thirst again. She said, Lord, give me this water that I thirst not again. And he did, and her life was changed forever. A broken life now filled with the living water of God. The man at the pool of Bethesda, crippled for so many years, Jesus came along, touched him, said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Then he said to him, you have been made whole. Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. The woman caught in adultery. Jesus said, where are your accusers? The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, and he forgave her sins in that moment of surrender. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they've gone. There There are none, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. A changed life, a future, and a hope. A woman bowed together, it says in Scripture, bowed over so deformed in her body that she could in no way lift herself up. Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And she was made straight and walked out the blessing of God in her life. The legion demoniac. Jesus said to him after he delivered him from the power of Satan, he said, go home and tell your friends what great things God has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. God has a plan for your life. He changes us forever. He takes us on in his goodness, in his purpose, in his will. Our worship department has a song. God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. He has a holy design. Hallelujah. Even before time began, all the days of my existence were planned. All I am is yours. I surrender to you, Lord. The Lord said to Jeremiah, said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you came forth, I sanctified you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. There's a design of God upon every person. There's a mischief of Satan But if we will yield to the potter's hand, he will craft us and he will take us on in his design and in his beauty. Psalm 139. I will praise you. I will praise you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that my soul knows right well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Fearfully and wonderfully made, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, In God's book, all the days that he ordained for a person 
as they would yield to him and live out their life. What a beautiful destiny we have in God. God has a plan for our life. The psalmist goes on to say, How precious are your thoughts to me, O Lord. They are more in number than the sand. So I, I can't even take them all in. The precious thoughts, the good thoughts you have toward me. said, when I wake up in the morning, all night you've been thinking about me. When I wake up in the morning, you're still thinking of me. God has a plan for your life. And this morning, let's draw back into that plan. Let's draw into the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. His truth endures to all generations. God has a plan for your life. Number two, don't weary of life's repetition. <laughs> don't weary of life's repetition. Jeremiah 18:2 to 4. Word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Perhaps there's someone here this morning that feels marred at the wheel. Maybe you've experienced a backsliding in your life, a lapse of faith, some departure from the Word of God, a marred vessel. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Potter's house. Potter was working at the wheel, working with clay. Working with clay. Don't weary of life's repetition. It's the rotation on the wheel. It's the repetition that God uses to form us into vessels of beauty and honor. It's the repetition. It's the turn. A work on the wheels. That's what we are. We're the clay on the table of the wheel. And the potter's wheel actually had two wheels, you could say. There was the upper platform where the clay was formed and the hands of the potter were engaged. But there was a lower wheel as he sat at his stool. And he would turn the lower wheel with his foot so he could spin the upper wheel and be able to create the design on the potter's wheel. A part that's visible and a part that's unseen. The part that's seen in our lives is the hand of God upon us as we see the design, the beauty, the intricacy that he designs into us. But there's a part that's unseen, and that is the foot of God. The foot of God turns the wheel of circumstances. It turns the wheel of life. And because of that spin, because of that rotation, because of that repetition, God is able to use his hands and form into our lives exactly what he wants and to make us exactly what he wants to be. Don't weary of life's repetition. Round and round and round again. I mean, you don't have to do anything, and in 24 hours, this world will have spun on its axis. But God has set the daily schedule the day and the night. And from the rising of the sun unto the going down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. 
We declare his loving kindness every morning, and we declare his faithfulness every night. We're turning on the wheel. The daily rotation of life, the weekly schedule, home life, church life. There's constant repetition in our lives, and because of it, the Lord is able to work in us. Let's not weary of the repetition, but let's understand there is a design of God in it. That we're turning on the wheel. We're turning on the wheel of God, the wheel of circumstances. And because of it, he can work his design into us. This is the method. This is what he has chosen by which to form vessels of glory, this repetition. Now, once in a while, a foreign substance shows up in the clay. The potter's working. He's got this nice, beautiful clay, and it's pliable. But once in a while, a foreign substance shows up. A piece of leaf or a piece of a twig or some particle of stone. The Bible says we have to deal with these things because we're living clay. The Apostle Paul said, put away malice. Put away bitterness. Put away ungodliness. Put away idolatry. Put away uncleanness. We're living clay, so we work with God. We have to, when things surface in our life that we know aren't right, when there's some deviation in our heart from the purpose of God or the promise of God, some irritation, some hardness in us, we have to deal with those things and put them away. Let God work with you and put them away because he won't do it all by himself because the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We work and God works. When something comes to the surface, some foreign material that shouldn't be in the clay, it's not going to bring forth the design of God. We have to be willing to take it aside and put it away. Put away all these things, the Apostle Paul said. Put away all these things. And impatience in Abraham. Abraham and impatience with God moved ahead of God in his life, brought forth the work of the flesh in Ishmael. Sometimes there's an impatience in us. Jacob, a deceit. Job, an accusation against God. David, a lust. Solomon, a waywardness that came into his heart. Peter, a denial. Thomas, an unbelief. When foreign things surface as God's working in our life, we must be quick to say, Lord, I want this out of my life, and I'm going to work with you. I repent of this. I take it out of my life. Get some fresh water of the word on your life and stay pliable in the presence of the Lord. He's working. He's working on the clay. He's working on your life. Let's all beware of self-pity. Self-pity tries to come to every life here and there. Self-pity is really a disappointment with life. 
with people, with circumstances, with how life has unfolded, with what we're facing, what we're enduring, self-pity comes. And it is a foreign substance, and it will keep us from the design of God. It's something we all deal with at times. I like what a Pentecostal preacher almost 100 years ago, Follette, said about self-pity. He said, self-pity is a moist-eyed creature. Self-pity is a moist-eyed creature. It lurks. It lurks. And as long as we linger and allow ourselves to be coddled by her, just so long will we hinder God and lose out in overcoming. How many know it's true? Self-pity wants to come to our life. It's an aberration in the clay. Moist-eyed creature. Brings tears to your eyes, doesn't it? Self-pity. Feel sorry for yourself and what's happened. If we allow it to linger, we hinder God because he's working in our lives. I don't know about you, but I believe Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things we experience are enjoyable or that we think they're good. They're not. They're hurtful. They're sorrowful. They're trying to us. But the Bible says all things work together for good. God is working his design. God is bringing forth vessels of beauty and honor. The condition, those that love God, those that accept his call and respond according to his purpose. Don't weary of life's repetition. Stay on the wheel. Stay on the wheel and let God form and fashion you by his hands every day. Number three. Draw into the fire. Draw into the fire. This clay. Number one, God has a plan for your life. Number two, don't weary of life's repetition on the wheel. Number three, draw into the fire. Isaiah 31, 9 says, The Lord whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. God, whose fire is in Zion. Zion is the place of worship, the dwelling of the Lord, the place of God's people. We've gathered to Zion this morning. His furnace, his oven is in Jerusalem. His pottery kiln is in Jerusalem. Clay vessels need the action of fire in order to complete the process. It's the fire. It's the fire that brings forth the beauty in the clay, the colors, the intricacies, the rich tones. Without the fire, clay remains rather dull and uninspiring and untransformed. It stays a dull gray or dull reddish earth color. It needs the fire. And so what the potter does, he puts a glazing on the clay and anointing. And then he puts it in the fire. He puts it in the fire. Fiery trials, yes, they're part of God's appointment at times in our life. We go through fiery trials. 
And people that go through fiery trials, they know there's some tremendous testimony, some amazing testimony that comes forth, some amazing color that comes forth because they've endured the fires of God, the testing of God. But more than the fiery trials, we need the pure, holy fire of God, the powerful fire of God. God presents himself as fire to his people. John Baptist said in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. A baptism in water, not just a little sprinkling. And a baptism in fire, not just a little warming up to God's presence. A fire of God that God has for his people. God wants us to be consumed with his fire. It's the fire that's going to make us glorious. It's the fire that's going to bring out the rich ministry in us. It's the fire that's going to bring out the variety and the colors and the design of God in our lives. Beautiful fire of God. In Exodus 3, Moses encountered a burning bush. The God of fire was in the bush. The prospect of a life to be lived for God. It was a promise to Moses that his life could be on fire with the fire of God, supernatural fire. God was offering Moses a privilege that he could never have imagined upon his life, to be used of God, to be filled with God, to know God, to ascend the holy mountain, to be filled with such a glory of God that his face would shine and his heart would rejoice. God says, I, there's a fire here. And the Bible says when God saw that Moses turned aside to see that Moses drew near the fire. Then God called to him out of the fire. Then God called to him out of the fire. And if Moses hadn't turned aside to the fire of God, he would have walked on in silence, and he would have walked on into a cold desert night. It's the fire that changed him. It's the fire of God that changed him. Draw into the fire like the clay the vessel has to be put in the fire draw into the fire of god our god is a fire jesus will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire the power of god the fire of god isaiah just a young man so wanted to be used of god when he saw a vision of the almighty he was already lord here i am send me i want to go for you i want to preach your gospel i want to carry the ministry because of that surrender, one of the seraphim, one of the burning ones in God's presence, a high angelic being, took one of the living coals of fire off the altar, the golden altar, and touched his lips, and Isaiah was never the same again. Jeremiah, called to be a prophet of the Lord, difficult call, an unfavorable time to be a preacher in the land, so much casual Christianity in the land of Israel. And Jeremiah had to come with the word of the Lord. He was reviled. He was persecuted. He was cast into prison because he stood for the words of the Lord. At times he was so wearied in himself. 
They wondered if he could speak again to a hardened people. But he said, God's word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I couldn't stay. I couldn't hold back. I had to speak the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord as fire, such fire that you cannot help but speak. That's God's way. The psalmist said in Psalm 39.3, my spirit was hot within me. While I was musing, while I was meditating, while I was praying, while I was working over the promises of God in my heart, he said the fire burned. My spirit was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. The two disciples on the Emmaus Road, did not our heart burn within us when Jesus walked with us by the way and opened the scriptures? Did not our heart burn within us? God wants men and women of fire. He wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Set us ablaze with the fire of God, with the zeal of God. And every one of us know when we're on fire and when we're not. D.L. Moody, American evangelist of the 19th century, passed away 1899 ministry really the last half of the 19th century a man of fire a great evangelist he was moving in the Pentecostal power and truths and fire before it was even popularized in the Pentecostal movement beginning in 1906 and onward preached to millions and millions of people in America and across the seas especially in the British Isles it's a man who wrote a book about just comments on D.L. Moody, among other things. His name is Reverend H. Boyd, Doctor of Divinity, a Baptist. He said, regarding D.L. Moody, Reverend H. Boyd, D.D., a Baptist, on page 402, Trials and Triumphs of Faith, says, When I got to the rooms of the Young Men's Christian Association, the YMCA, Victoria Hall, London. I found the meeting on fire. The young men were speaking with tongues and prophesying. What on earth did it mean? He says, only that Moody had been addressing them that afternoon. What, a, what manner of man is this, I thought. What manner of man is this, I thought. The meeting was on fire. The young man, YMCA, speaking in tongues and prophesying and praising the Lord. Jesus said in Acts 1, 4-5, he commanded his disciples, he said, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Tarry in Jerusalem. Tarry in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit and the fire falls upon your life. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Worship team, come. Draw into the fire. Receive the fire of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Open yourself up to the fire of God. To me, it's absolutely incredible that God would present himself as fire to us. He says, I want to be known among you as a God of fire. Your spirit on fire, your life on fire, your ministry, your anointing ablaze because of my presence in your life. The Bible says in Psalm 104, he makes his ministers a flame of fire. And every one of us are the ministers of the Lord. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. This morning, potter and clay... God has a plan for your life. Receive it. Surrender to it. Say, Lord, I want to be used of you. Say, Lord, put me on your wheel. Start to work in me your holy design. I want to be pliable in your hands. Take the repetition on the wheel. Day after day, don't try and get off the wheel. Don't start missing church. Don't start missing your devotion. Stay on the wheel and stay on the processing every day. Lord, work on me every day. Don't take a day off. Let the hands of the Lord be upon your life each and every day. And draw into the fire. Draw into the fire. Let's stand together this morning. Let's surrender ourselves to the Lord. We're his vessels. Lord, you are the potter and we're the clay. Here we are. Work your design. Work your glory. Work your purpose into us. Make us vessels of honor and glory. The altars are open this morning. Any would like to come, surrender before the Lord. Seek the Lord. Please make your way out from where you are. Let's offer ourselves this morning. Jesus, take me, make me, form me, mold me, fill me, make me everything you want me to be. Through the endless ages of eternity, I would be a vessel of honor, of renown, because of what you have created in this life of clay, in these years on earth. God bless you.